Welcome back to an Omnia Paratus. I would say don't worry about this episode, but as we are going to be discussing, and by we I mean me, but you'll be listening so I guess we, feel free to respond to all of the controversy surrounding the movie Don't Worry Darling and how actually was the movie? there's a whole movie that could be made about the movie. People have been likening it to, I believe it's the movie like The Room, the one that James Franco did based on the other movie by the Tommy guy. Whole lot of mess. So I think we'll start with behind the scenes because that's juicier and much more fun and I can give much more of my unsolicited opinions. And then we'll go into the film itself. Pros, cons, more controversy that's come out since I saw it yesterday. And yeah, goodness, pardon me, it is still out. It is allergy season. So the first controversy, I guess we'll go in order with this movie, is Olivia Wilde, the director, she also plays the character Bunny in this film, tweeted something to the extent of like finding this script and like molding it. I don't remember her exact wording. The wording doesn't matter for this point. But basically, she made it sound like it was an adaptation when this was like a script that another studio or that the studio had purchased and they like helped to rewrite the script. And from what I recall from Twitter and TikTok and various social platforms is it's not so much that people had a problem with that she reused the script and like redid it in this way, but it was more how she was taking credit for it as like an adaptation rather than like a script rewrite because like I'm assuming it has to do with like the IP, like she was giving more credit to herself and her co-writer than like was meant to be placed on the issue. Any people into film and or writing, I very much apologize for how haphazard that explanation was, but go to the internet yourself to find out. I remember being super excited when I first heard of the movie because Florence Pugh, Yelena, Amy from Little Women, main scary character in Midsommar, all around great actress. Olivia Wilde, I like, she seems cool, but like I was impartial. Um, And then Chris Pine and Gemma Chan were the two. Gemma Chan, queen, was so excited. And then, of course, Harry Styles, which he's been in like a few movies and I feel like he's trying to like not pivot, but like maybe go for that EGOT or something. He should just go the Taylor Swift way of like doing it music all the way through. I feel like musicians have an easier time transitioning to an EGOT than like other performers because like easier to like sing in multiple ways or song right than it is to like, if you can't sing, getting a Tony, you have to be in a play. I guess, I don't know. President Obama has like a Grammy, so. And like, Kobe Bryant has an Oscar. So like there are ways to do it, but like musicians to me have the easiest way to go from one to the other. So Harry Styles is acting. He, so as soon as I knew he was gonna be there, we was like, oh, score, gotta go see that. Support us, support our boy Harry. And I saw Dunkirk, I me and my friends, I don't know. I'm pretty sure we'd all admit, we went to go see Dunkirk because Harry was in it. And like Harry looked like all the other British older boys and he was in it for like maybe 15 minutes total but like you know we commit Harry girls we commit I'm so excited when I see the trailer for this movie and for when I hear about it and then like a few weeks ago or I guess like a month at this point since the movie's already out for some reason not sure why Olivia Wilde the again I think her production team, the writer, the director, had a lot of hands in this film, decided to, in Variety Magazine, speak on the fact that she fired Shia LaBeouf in order to give the crew and cast and people, and particularly Florence, a better working environment. And in the midst of that coming out, it was also rumored, allegedly, that Harry Styles was making triple what Florence was. I believe the numbers were Harry was getting either 2.1 or 2.3 million, and Florence was only making like 700 thousand which obviously is a huge discrepancy and as much as I am a Harry stan that is definitely inappropriate unfair whatever until I heard that he was a recast from Shia LaBeouf which is like oh and again not a Hollywood person 
and I'm not a cinephile, not a movie buff, but I am into pop culture and I am into business. So maybe that makes, gives me some validity in this discussion of like when they have to replace an actor, which means the movie's already greenlit, they're already filming, it's going to take, they need to replace him as fast as they can. And Florence Pugh is like top of the call sheet. So the person who plays her partner, Harry Styles, which used to be Shia LaBeouf, needs to be replaced like ASAP because like they need to rehearse together. They need to be able to play off of each other, like all that stuff. So I'm not surprised. That's why his salary was so much better. It's not because of his talent. It's because like they needed to find like a replacement and like beggar scampi choosers. Not saying Harry's a beggar, but like, or not saying the movie is a beggar, but they didn't have as many options as they might've had. So yeah, Olivia goes to say that Shia wasn't making a great working environment. And Shia LaBeouf, according to a few podcasts called stuff I've seen, is like newly sober, found Jesus, or has a baby, has a wife. And like, was just like, I don't know why Olivia would lie and say that. And like pulled out old receipts and voice memos and videos, the most iconic one of which Olivia Wilde call Florence Pugh Miss Flo, which just like, I don't, it just rubs, I think, so many people the wrong way. No one ever, you don't hear her getting called that by anyone else. You don't hear it. Like, she's not saying it in like an endearing way. Like, it's a nickname. It sounds condescending. So like, basically asking Shia to try to make it work. He says he can't. So he says he quits and Olivia knows that. So it's like, oh shit, like, that kind of rifted things and like maybe it was known to people in the film business but then like around this time it started getting spread to the general public. Other thing that was kind of weird was Florence Pugh, Queen Florence Pugh, future Thunderbolt of the MCU. She's normally very good about promoting and speaking about the product she has coming up. Like I believe she's in the Oppenheimer movie, she posts about it, she does the press tours and something coincidentally because I think there are too many people too many free time too many people with too much free time on their hands but realizing is every time a don't worry darling movie trailer or thing came up she was always posting about another one of her projects like oh this is weird because like florence is normally such a team player and then came out like the alleged again speculated love triangle on set so when harry got cast apparently florence and harry were chatting cheeky chatting getting to know each other maybe they were grafting a bit as i now learned from love island and Olivia also had a bit of a fancy for Harry as, and he also likes older women. So again, speculation, allegedly Olivia used, or in my opinion, Olivia used her power to like, not like break up their friendship or their thing, but like give her more opportunities to spend time with him. He and Olivia have been seen, she's been seen at his concerts, they've been seen kissing, which is why when I get to the whole Venice film part of this, it's gonna be even more confusing because she was at his last concert at MSG. So who knows what the situation was there. But that whole thing kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. As of a few days ago, Florence and Harry were still following each other on social media. And the worst part of this is justice for Gemma and Chris and even more for Kiki Lane when I get to there, but that's gonna be a post movie comment but the venice film festival was just ooh. so speculation of that florence is promoting the movie gets to press dates and various things harry is doing his is in the process of his 15-day residency at madison square garden florence is filming dune there's no one really to promote the movie and frankly no one really wants anyone other than them the three of olivia florence and harry to promote like when they get to the big film festival in venice for i believe the premiere the people who walk the carpet were 
were Violet, I think her name is Sydney something, Gemma Chan, Chris Pine, Nick Kroll, Florence Pugh, Olivia Wilde, and Harry Styles. And so Florence shows up while the rest of the cast is meeting for their press conference that she's like, eh, not gonna go. I think she was caught in a wonderful purple Versace, like kind of like pajama silky set looking, looking so cute. I think drinking an Aperol spritz, which is like such like BDE. It was great. And Olivia was doing her best to dodge questions about the tension on set. And then this is also after the screening, which is when Florence flew in, so she didn't have to go. Oh no, she was at the screening because the red carpet was before. Sorry, I'm mixing my timeline. So this is like the before press thing where it's where she flies in the middle of that. She there, the rest of the cast is doing their Q&A. Florence flies in. Then comes the red carpet. Again, a stunning gown from Florence. And you see it so awkwardly when they're trying to take this group photo because like no one can stand next to each other. So I don't remember exactly, this is from my memory, but like Harry, Florence, and Olivia are every other. Harry and Olivia are not speaking, not making eye contact, like separating, like everyone's like the plague. And then poor Gemma and Chris get asked no questions during that earlier press thing. Both look amazing in my opinion, killing it on the red carpet. Nick Kroll trying to break the tension. Fortunately, Flora and Florence and Gemma look good together, obviously, but they like look like they have a good rapport. Chris Pine, but just such an awkward thing. So then they go watch the movie. As they're getting seated for the movie, Harry in his bright blue suit, there is a video that pops up that's like, oh my God, did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine as he goes to his seat? And people were slowing down the video, speculating Spitgate 2022, if you heard that term. And I really wanted him to have spit on Chris Pine because like it's very out of character and like it probably... I was excited for what it would perpetuate. In actuality, I'm in 99% sure, and I'm gonna go with the fact that I have been disproven that he did spit on Chris Pine. Chris Pine was reaching for sunglasses, it was in the time of the breath. When you watch it that slowly, like, it's gonna look different, but he did not, in fact, spit on Chris Pine. Then, after the movie ended, they get up, leave. Florence, like, leaves, I think, like, during her standing ovation. And then on Harry's way out, he kisses Nick Kroll, I feel like, to break the tension. They do break, they do kiss in the movie as well. So maybe the kiss during the applause was, like, to break the tension and to kind of, like, create a headline that's not going to be as damaging to the film. Because as of now, all of this is, like, weighing on the film that, like, no one's really caring or talking about the film itself. It's all about what's happening behind the scenes, which is really, unfortunately, this was a Olivia Wilde's a second her second film as a director so it's really unfortunate like for her to have all of this like not even surrounding the film itself but that was Venice look up the pictures on the red carpet they're fantastic and then think after Venice everyone kind of divides and conquers so I saw the only person I saw doing press for this movie is Olivia because again Florence is filming Dune which I'm so excited I saw the first one I don't really I didn't really want to watch the second but like if I hear for a fact there's gonna be more Zendaya and Florence like I might watch because like I got like cheated because Zendaya was in all of like seven minutes of the original one and I didn't realize that and I didn't even realize it was a book I'm sorry nerds just not my cup of tea but I liked Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya and Jason Momoa enough to think I would try this movie not my thing but anyway Florence is back shooting June Harry comes back to his residency at Madison Square Garden and the night he comes back he does address the whole thing where he says something to the extent of um I missed you all thank you for coming I had to pop over to Venice to go spit on Chris Pine which again his cheeky smiley cute adorable perfect self would do an address because it's funny 
he's funny and wonderful. There are the, I'm sure there are more, but there are two segments I saw that Olivia Wilde did on the talk show circuit here in America. I saw her on Colbert and I saw her on the Kelly Clarkson show. I think they were both very fair while also still trying to get their headlines, their clickbait, the the titles they needed for their TikToks and the things to like attract people to like watch it or to, to click on it for more behind the scenes drama. Like Colbert asks her like, did you fire Shia LaBeouf or did he quit? And they kind of gave a PR answer like well kind of is both because he gave an ultimatum and I wouldn't accept it so like he could say he quit and I fired him depending on the day the paperwork went in it's like eh fair she was asked about Spitgate and like no he didn't spit on Chris Pine and how her relationship is with Florence and like she just complimented her acting and I think another quote she gave and something else was like I didn't pay her to be like a social media person I paid her to act which is completely fair I do think though like there's an interview of like an actors on actors with Florence and someone else talking about how much Florence admired Olivia Wilde. So for things to have gone this bad, I feel like must something must have happened. Is it what the media and what we all think it is? Maybe, maybe not. But something could must have for their relationship to be like this like ick. And for her, for like Florence to outrightly like not be trying to tank the movie because she didn't do that. But for actively ignoring it the way she has been, I feel like something must kind of be in the air. But the other point that Colbert made which I appreciate and I think is completely fair is if this was David O. Russell which we google why he's currently problematic with the Amsterdam movie he's not doing press I don't remember like other directors and I'm just naming some because I don't know like the last time I saw like Spielberg going on all of these shows and Darren Aronofsky and having to answer for their bad behavior and like what they've done I'm not saying they all have done things but my point is male directors in Hollywood not only are they held to a lower bar? They've done much worse than what allegedly went on the set. But like everyone still knows, yeah, it's worse. But because we still need the views and the headlines and you're here, we're going to still ask you about the inappropriate things that are going to get us the buzz. So it's like a symbiotic, toxic relationship on both ends, which is sad. On Kelly Clarkson's show, they took more of like the parent angle of like, I didn't know this, but her daughter in the movie, Olivia Wilde's daughter, is her daughter in real life. And... That was nice having her on set and they were talking about being a single parent in the public eye and all the speculation that happens and all the speculation around the movie that people aren't even talking about the movie and like the day i'm recording this is the day where all of the try guys fallout has come out so like that's gonna be a whole nother episode a whole nother thing that i don't really want to go into but a conversation i've been having a lot with people is that like fallout between harry florence and olivia is going to when the people who really have the purse strings like oh a female directed movie a female written movie and produced like oh that didn't do well they're not going to look at the why and the issues of what happened they're going to just see oh Olivia Wilde or female director bad sales and it's really unfortunate because we want these movies get made and we want to support like the example I think that's hard is like West Side Story we finally got a Afro-Latina Anita and all of the people who played the sharks were of Latin A descent. And like Ariana got, her, I think she goes by she, her, like got her Oscar. And like there's so much to be proud of for that movie. Rachel Ziegler, who's now going off to play Snow White. And then we have the one bad apple who plays the lead man and is problematic for many reasons, which again, you should Google. But it's like, do all of those other people suffer and their jobs and bonuses and their potential work in Hollywood like oh like because they were attached to that movie like is that worth sacrificing for the one 
bad person and I feel like I do believe at least in this situation on Don't Worry Darling the difference is like the fish rots from the head as is a phrase but I remember hearing it from Carrie Washington as Olivia Pope and Scandal like Olivia Wilde in the case was the director so like this kind of was her set versus the lead actor on West Side Story Spielberg's the director so he got to choose who acted he got to choose the behavior on set he got to manage that so I don't I still don't think he should have gotten the part, but I hold him less responsible in that aspect. Well, actually, or more because he's bad. I don't know. Nuanced questions that I don't know. But basically, I don't think male directors would have to put up with Olivia did. And I also, that doesn't also make what Olivia may or may have not done on set right. Like 40 crew members just came out because there was a rumor that there was like a screaming match between Florence and Olivia. And then there are NDAs involved. Like... It just sounds like such a messy set and a messy situation. And again, I haven't even hit on the Kiki Lane part because I feel like that part is important to explain once I start talking about the film. So this is me by myself. Jay, do you have any more comments, questions, concerns, anything to add? No. So now we're going to move on to the actual movie, the plot, spoilers, my thoughts, my walkthrough. So if you don't care about that or haven't seen it yet and want to, maybe don't listen to this. Okay, so when I saw the trailer, I thought this was going to be kind of a darker version of like Stepford Wives. The movie that was remade, I think, with Nicole Kidman, Bette Midler, some other people that was originally done in like, mm, I want to say the 60s or the, if everyone looks in the 60s, I'm not sure when the original was made. Basically, you are welcomed into this town of victory and you meet, I guess we'll go like our eight main characters. I'm trying to count, but not really. So we have our protagonist, Florence Pugh, whose character name I think is Annie. For some reason, I should have let me look up the names of everyone's characters because all of a sudden the cast, the character names are eluding me. I believe it's Annie and Jack. Yeah. Oh, nope. Alice. My bad. Okay. So our cast we have. Oh, and Wikipedia gives me a lovely little description. So we'll just run through this quickly. On the top, we have Florence Pugh as Alice Chambers, a young devoted housewife who is married to the love of my life, Harry Styles, Jack Chambers. He is a workaholic technical engineer in this town of Victory. Next to them, we have Olivia Wilde, who plays Bunny and her two children. And she's married to Nick Kroll's character, Dean. We then have their other neighbors, Kate Berlant as Peg and Asif Ali as Peter. And Peg is currently pregnant. And then we have the new couple, Sydney Chandler as Violet and Douglas Smith as Bill. And then we have the leader, the cult leader of this town, Chris Pine, whose name is Frank, and his wife, the beautiful, the most beautiful person on the planet, Queen Gemma Chan as Shelly. And they're kind of like the power couple who started this town, invented it. So you see them do the iconic 50s thing where Housewives makes the eggs, makes the bacon, then goes out to her car with her husband and hands him the briefcase does the kiss and you see all the pastel cars drive out one of my favorite like cinematic things makes me glorify the 50s much more than I should have as a woman of color but like geez would I love to like be in like a nice dress kiss my husband hand him a bracelet and watch like all the cars in the cul-de-sac like go out to work for their nine to five and we are in this the city of victory which is a sort of like utopia city or like a dystopia you're kind of unsure and there are very clear lines of like where this city is so like once cars drive out of it like there's a city limits to where the women and the wives and the children are allowed to stay and the men drive out every day to go to work so they are 
living their life, doing the routine. You see Florence cleaning an adorable bathroom, cleaning the window, making her husband dinner. Harry Styles goes down on her multiple times. Great, lovely, love to envision. And then we meet the new couple and they're wonderful. They're getting introduced. We go to a brunchy pool party at Frank's house and it's kind of the first time where you see all the couples together. Frank is reiterating the mission of the, the town of victory and Shelly is kind of supporting him. And during this party is where we saw her in an earlier scene, which, which is where we see Margaret, who's become kind of an outcast of the other housewives, kind of start questioning Frank, like, what's happening? What are you doing? What's going on here? And Margaret has been going a little bit, I don't want to say crazy, but she's been she's been a little bit off recently and they show a flashback to where she's walking her son through the town through like the edge of town and ends up you don't know what happens but like she sees this toy plane and no longer sees her son so like the audience isn't really sure what happens but then she goes back to town and she's kind of been having all these thoughts her husband is trying to give her some pills to help her ground track you don't know the pills but she's kind of like She's starting to question the world she's in, which is weird because she's been ostracized by her group, but also now Florence Pugh's character, Alice, is also starting to question the world a bit through Margaret and through just her own thing. She keeps humming a melody she can't remember. And as the movie goes on, the these memories of this other world are getting stronger and stronger. And she's not really sure what happens. And now I'm going to skip to the end so I can kind of talk through the points of the movie that I found important. I think are what we find out is that, surprise, the world's not real. This is like a VR microchip something kind of situation. Florence Pugh was a doctor out in the real world who was married to Harry Styles' character who was unemployed for a while. Meanwhile, Florence was like a doctor and he was listening to Chris Pine's what I would say are the equivalent to like male podcasts about like going back to our biological nature similarly to conversations I've been hearing like about like going back to the cult of domesticity similarly to like someone who just got banned off Instagram Twitter and Facebook like very misogynistic values and like when you're a man who can't provide and gets sad like listening to this is like glorifying so like I don't they don't really address how but like Jack gets to sign up for this pilot program where he like puts their like bodies into like a deep hypnosis and so this town of victory is like all in their heads and imagine but even if they like but if they die in victory they do die in their real body so the end of it is Florence having to get out of victory so she can wake up in the reality which is her just like sleeping in a bed and like yeah that part wasn't the most clear to me I need to like rewatch it or read some more synopsis and kind of get there she does wake up but unfortunately the process she has to kill her husband Jack because he he's been bad this movie people were saying this movie gave them the ache from Harry Styles I don't agree I get why because he's aggressive he's a little bit misogynist but the thing is for me I guess now we'll get into just some of my rants opinions random jumping around points Harry Styles personally to me I don't I cannot judge the quality of his acting because he has his accent he has a smile he plays a charming young ambitious technical engineer and like he played himself in the 50s so I just saw Harry Styles on those scenes like when he got mad towards the end when Florence was realizing things and he was having to tell her the truth I'm like oh Harry Styles is getting mad like I could not see beyond him his himself Jesus 
this is difficult. Like, I just saw Harry Styles. Like, he didn't change accents. Like, Florence has had, like, a different accent in everything I've seen her in. And it was hard because, like, when Harry wasn't in a scene, I really enjoyed the acting. I liked the take on this. It felt very Stepford to me again. Like, it felt like a familiar story, but I liked and I wish they had focused more on, like, the life before and, like, them joining the program and getting started and how exactly the technology was working. Because at least that part's fascinating to me. And, like, watching Harry fall deeper and deeper into this world and thinking this is the right way because I think not to get into this here but like gender dynamics and like misogyny and white supremacy and stuff like really play into this and I wish we could have seen more of that and the other call out I will say right now is Margaret and her husband Ted were the one full were the one couple of color and on Instagram, she spoke out that she and her husband had had many more scenes. You can see them in some of the bigger group scenes. And I believe the movie's like two hours already. But like her scene and her husband's scenes were like all cut. And were, she ended up being reduced to like a plot device for Florence to do what she needed to do. Is that kind of sucky and bad to do to any actress? Yeah, because you want more screen time. Is it also not the best logistically because it's your one couple of color, the one black woman you have like only kind of like go a little loopy for Florence to get on her hero's journey? Not great, especially with the one. Apparently her, so Margaret and Ted in real life, I think are a couple in real life, which like yay for them. Love that that happened. But it does suck because one, I liked her character and I think when she like commit suicide there's so much more that like could have been seen and they could have like kept in I think her context would have been so much greater and it's unfortunate that again this I would put this also again back on the director like a crappy choice like there are some scenes we didn't need and there are some scenes I would have rather had a longer movie and I feel like personally feel like they were trying to suspend and like have you question the town and what was going on like I said I saw Stepford Wives the new one not the original but like kind of the whole thing with that is like you find out they're doing microchips and everyone so everyone's becoming a robot so it's like knowing kind of how that movie worked I was looking for in this movie like I knew ever something wasn't real like something wasn't right like I don't know whether they were getting drugged I didn't know if they were robots or if they were humans VR AR what the heck it was but I knew something was like not quote like they weren't human they weren't human living in the 50s this isn't like a flashback movie or a time capsule like our time machine thing like they were living in modern day and somehow this one town was like in this dystopia they made this way and I didn't know exactly how and I feel like they really wanted you to buy into that and not try to figure it out which I get you really want people to embrace it but I also think I would have been able to give more credit if I had seen more people on the outside world like Florence has this one great scene towards the end where she's having a dinner party her husband Jack aka Harry Styles just got promoted and she starts and then Frank so Chris Pine and Gemma Chan Jelly are there and Florence starts asking the other four couples like hey how'd you meet and then they're like oh we met in Chicago oh we met in Baltimore she's like yeah everyone here seems to be from Chicago Baltimore or Maryland I think Baltimore than Maryland, part of my geography. I am American. And start trying to call out how all of them have the same memories. They all vacation the same. And like they can't all remember before and like how weird that is and how like they're being controlled but she doesn't know how. And I think it just would really nice to see the contrast more. In the contrast scene, oh my god, that they like straighten Harry's hair and they give him like a little facial hair, which I really am curious if it's his because I don't feel like he can really grow facial hair. I mean, I have followed the man's career for like a decade at this point, so I feel like I would know, but like I, maybe they did extra movie magic. Who really knows? But like love the facial hair, but the straight hair was like kind of a nick, but not too much of a nick because like 
still Harry Styles and still like every scene where like he's hugging Florence and he's like super tall and she's super short like you can imagine yourself because like both girls are short and Harry's like I think 5'11". Anyway I really liked how he fell into that and I wish they'd focus more on her kind of from a doctor and Harry slash Jack kept trying to shell her like you're happy you're happy here like and then she, she's like do you think this is what makes me happy? She's like well you're so much happier. He's like I have to go to work every day. She's like yeah but like I have no autonomy anymore. And the other really interesting thing, so with Olivia Wilde's character and something you put, something that Harry admits to Florence when they're here and she's like, wait, this isn't real because she has an outburst. They like wipe her memory, start her, like restart her essentially, restart her in the game. And she figures it out again because Harry's humming the song they used to hum in the real world, which like, no shit, dude, like stop triggering her old memories just because you have them and you know what's going on. Like don't trigger it for her. But one of the things they mentioned is like the kids aren't real because when Florence is panicking, oh my God, the kids. And so what I figured, I'm like, oh, there's a woman who's pregnant. And before they admitted this, I had a feeling that like, oh, this would be something with women with fertility issues would want to do because they can have kids, they can do it. And what you find out is like when Florence is going through her episodes, her BFF bunny slash Olivia Wilde is trying to convince her, like, no, this is in your head. Stop doing this. You're going crazy. Like you're going to be like Margaret, like don't do it. And when you find out right towards the end, when Florence is trying to get away from Jack, she ends up killing him. Olivia Wilde walks in and she's like, okay, like you have to go. You have to go because they're going to go kill your real body in the outside world. Or if you die in here, you die in the outside world. So they're going to try to kill you. So like get out. And then Florence's like, what do you mean? Like, what do you know? And Olivia Wilde confesses to Florence Peele. She's like, I know. Because in her thing, she's like, my kids are real in here. So for whatever reason, Florence Bunny lost her kids on the outside world. And this is a way for her to be with them and to visualize it. So for her... She doesn't see the sacrifice of like just her body decaying with this visualization thing and like wants to stay here and wants to live in this life and live in the city because it like is like her dream. It is what she wants. So again, Florence escapes towards the end and I think that like it's good that she told her but like also hard that like she like waited to the end. Another thing which I loved was at the very end as Florence is trying to escape, the guys are trying to chase after her to bring her back, all of those things like Gemma Chan finally like gets sick of it and stabs Chris Pine's character for not doing shit and kind of being like you glorified white man are useless I'm going to kill you and I'm going to take over this town and run the way I want to I'm like hell yes Gemma Chan can she ever be the villain not really because she's a badass and like stopping mediocre white men from doing the most or doing the least in this case because he wasn't actually able to stop her I think I could be wrong because they didn't show it right before Florence is able to escape and wake up there's like a hologram or like someone puts like Jack near her which I think I thought might have been Gemma's doing trying to kind of prevent the people from capturing her and taking her away and like giving them a few seconds to catch up because she was running pretty fast but she ends up doing it and waking up and breathing and the movie goes dark so I think it's implied that she escapes so yeah, that's the basic plot. I think that we'll go into some pros because I've been a bit of a negative Nelly. One, I love the cast. Because of all the drama, I will honestly say, like if you're not as involved or don't really know the drama, I would recommend not looking into it before watching this movie because I really love the cast. Like I think Olivia Wilde did a good job as much as I've been like shitting on some of her other things. Florence Pugh I love, Gemma Chan, Chris Pine. Everyone was a really good actor and I love their homage to the 50s and the time period but it was really hard to get into it knowing 
the interviews, and I don't want to say no to the personal lives because people on the internet and celebrities we have a parasocial relationship with, but like not getting to like see them for their characters, but be like, oh, lol, like I wonder if you and Florence were yelling at this scene, or like as I kept switching between character names and real names, because like all of them are such known entities to me. It's kind of like when I saw Hamilton for the first time in 2017, I had already listened to the soundtrack so much that like it didn't spoil it for me, but it was harder to kind of be in the moment when it was like second nature for me to hear the songs and know what comes next and know what's going to happen and watch as many YouTube clips as I could find of the production. So I would say the less you know about not the movie, the better it can be. But I loved, oh my god, the fashion and the outfits and the makeup in this movie were great. I hope they get nominated for like costume design, set design, things that are not acting or directing or like the production but like all of the back and stuff was like great like the cars the homes like the set designs were amazing the outfits the dresses oh my god the dresses were all so cute I want the wardrobe I would really love yeah again going back to that one scene where they're all saying goodbye to their husbands as they're going off to work and their nice dresses and the men are in suits with briefcases and cars and their hair's gelled like what I would do to like live in that one scene for like a week. I don't want any of like the racism, classism, anti-Semitism, all the bad isms and marginalizations and like women belong in the kitchen crap. But like would I love to like make my husband breakfast and like recreate that scene like kiss him off to work in like a nice dress like for a week for fun? Like yes absolutely. Oh god so much fun. But I also don't want to do it alone. Like you need to do it in the cul-de-sacs where everyone does it at the same time. Just like ugh. Like that vision in my head is just so great. Like seeing it in other movies, like similarly in Edward Scissorhands with the Pepto-Bismol houses, like in the car, it's just, it's so great. It's so much fun. Love the time period. Harry Styles, when he gets promoted at like this big like party with Dita Montes, which I'm also really curious how they like projected her in and out of, but like, I'm not trying to think too hard until I read more and then I guess I can add or update or whatever. But like Harry does like this big dance and I was curious because so when he gets his promotion he's gifted like this ring to be on the senior advisory board. I'm like oh I wonder if the ring is like controlling him because he does a dance and I'm like does it look forced because it's Harry Styles or does it look forced because he can't do choreography other than like the little dance he does like on stage or like is he supposed to be currently getting controlled which is what I assumed it was. It wasn't. The dance just looked kind of not great but again can't complain. Harry Styles. I really like the opening scene. I know I'm like completely jumping around, but it's like the six couples, um, Peg and her husband, Bunny and Nick Kroll and Alice and Jack, and they're just all having like a night in the 50s is like playing a drinking game and like listening to records and it was like not everything about it, but like that's just such like a nice simple like thing to do in simple times and like looking back seems really nice that Again, don't wish for all the bad stuff, but stuff like that like seems cute and fun and everyone's just like loving and living life. As I'm getting lonely doing this solo podcast, I thought we should go to Rotten Tomatoes and see what other people have to say. One, I would like it noted this is qualified as a mystery slash thriller and anyone who knows me in real life knows I don't do horror movies. I don't like scary things. So good for me for going to a mystery slash thriller. It honestly wasn't very scary at all. Like there were a few scenes that I kind of predict was going to happen so I closed my eyes and like the screechy noise and like the ballet sounds but yeah. So according to Rotten Tomatoes this has 248 reviews and has a 38% tomato meter and what I saw by someone who used to work at Rotten Tomatoes so someone can fact check this if they want is when it's a low number it's not necessarily yeah so the tomato meter is critics consensus despite an intriguing array of the talent on either side don't worry darling is a muddled rehash of over your familiar themes 
Okay, so that's not what I meant to say. So they're saying it wasn't good, but from someone who worked at Rotten Tomatoes, what they claimed is the lower the tomato meter was not that they all reviewed it bad, but was that the 38% is not that the consensus was bad, is that there was not a great consensus. So if we go to the top critic, which um, Megan Navarro, it says it's a dazzling enough affair while it, it's a dazzling enough affair while it lasts, but it's mostly forgettable. And then someone else said there are worse ways to spend one's time than enjoying another solid performance from Pew. There are also better ways to spend one's time than with Don't Worry Darling. And then this guy who gave it a tomato says it contains enough that's good, especially it can't be said enough Pew's performance to make it worth a look, even with the foreknowledge that's not going to stick the landing. So like, yeah, there's a lot of like every other one is like a tomato or like a green blob. So I think the blob means like not a great review. And then the tomato means good review. Well, let's go to the audience score. The audience score has over a thousand verified ratings and has rated a 78. So let's go through what some people said. The first person gave it a two, Deborah says, the only thing I can say that is positive about this movie is Harry Styles provides some good acting. The movie reminds me a little of Stepford Wives. Oh, completely. That's what I've been doing the whole time. Then we have Deborah spelled differently. So the first Deborah was D-E-B-O-R-H. The second one was D-E-B-E-R-A. And it says three lead actors were good. Storyline was an old one. Ending was disappointing. I don't know if I agree the ending was disappointing. I feel like they left you wanting more, which is like better than like a bad ending with her like breathing. So, you know, she wakes up, but like... I would have also liked to see more but I feel like there's like a bad ending and there's like not feeling fulfilled I think are two different things then we have DL thriller flick must see PM. A little hard to understand the flow. Talked about it for an hour after the movie before we figured out what was happening. Amazing. Haven't talked about a movie an hour in 20 years. As the saying goes, if I don't have anything nice to say, I shouldn't say anything at all. So we're going to move on to another review. Sharon Sprig with 2G says, there wasn't really an ending. Too many never answers. Too many answers. Too many things never answered or resolved. But I think that was like the point like again there's a difference between like not having a fulfilling ending and not having a good ending sharon three stars said weird and confusing don't have any idea how many stars i would give it but you did choose three in the end sharon so you did make that decision melissa said great acting from all the crew yes i like the movie and see where it was coming it was very interesting suspenseful horror and drama together. Um, Kara says, it's a cool story with some plot holes. The cinematography, costuming, and set design was absolutely amazing. Charlie on top was the incredible acting between everyone, especially Florence and Harry. I'm glad that people are saying Harry did well. I've been asking people who are not as big of Harry fans as me to like go to the movie and like give me a review because like I can't fairly assess Harry because like I saw him as Harry Styles as like the little baker boy who auditioned for One Direction. So in this movie, especially, Especially with his English accent and his like coiffed hair I have no perception on his acting capabilities but like people are saying it's good um good movie annoying twist I'm curious what someone thought the twist was because I felt like to me I think maybe the twist is like oh no it was a simulation but I like I figured it was something like I'm surprised if you went into the movie not thinking it was something but what to me the biggest twist the part I wish they had done more of like I said was like how did these men how did these people get chosen and want to enter into this reality like when you see Harry going down the podcast pipeline I'm like oh my god this is like the thing I'm talking about okay well I guess this will come out after the episode I 
I record my favorite. In a few podcasts or the last podcast, I end it with a rant based on the One Tree Hill podcast. I listened about how young boys are being targeted and radicalized with misogynistic white supremacist ideals, which is a larger cause and fear for those committing mass shootings than we were originally told were loners, quiet kids. And like this to me was a perfect example of Harry listening and getting radicalized and I wish we had seen it more for him being driven to this place. Ooh, one star from Linda. Sorry, Linda. Worst movie I have ever seen. A storyline absolute terrible. It was five. Tuesday not worth five. Waste of my time and money. I can name a lot more movies I would have that I think are worse than this, but like your opinion. Jackson, two and a half stars. Felt like Olivia Wilde walked M. Night, Ari Aster, and Jordan Peele in a room until they came up with a super horny thriller movie. Ooh, winner, winner. Critique, um, critique, jeez. Critic Rod Hayen, Sim, Simon Piali, Piali, CTV's Young Morning gave the film a two out of five and says, don't worry, darling, is, is too afraid to have the complicated conversation that a premise invokes. And I'm going to click on his, oh, it's a whole movie that I have to watch. I don't know. I hit, okay, so I'm back. Hopefully y'all can't tell that I took a break to like watch the clip and see the full review where he uses the quote. But yeah, I'm so happy that like I'm on the right page with where he stands, which is the movie hints at things like misogyny and like I would also throw in their white supremacy, capitalism and like what an idealistic utopia means, but not like fully going there. And additionally, especially with like the one woman who is the one to go like, as they say, go hysterical gets cut from a lot of the movie her name again Kiki Lane plays Margaret her name is like on the poster and for people who know movies more I'm sure could tell me like how it's even ruder that she wasn't on like in Venice or at the press or doing a lot more because like her name is there which I mean she gets top billing which I frankly don't know what that means but means she should be more involved with things than she was and it's unfortunate they cut out her scenes but I also agree in his review how he was like it was a very slow burn I agree they were really trying to get you to like buy into the town of victory and I think I don't know for other people who see this my issue was like the movie wasn't unique enough and the premise wasn't new enough to like need us to believe and suspend us for that long because even in the trailer and the interviews they're alluding like they're in a utopia 50s utopia or are they is it a dystopia so you are already kind of questioning the world you're in and why you're in it and what's gonna happen like is it the pills um I had a thought that so I was worried there was gonna be a lot of like sex scenes at this not too many but like there are a few but it's actually mostly just Harry Styles going down on Florence and my thing was like oh my gosh like is that where like her reset or her on off button is like is that why we keep seeing this that wasn't the case they're just a very young horny couple but like you already knew something was up with Margaret being hysterical and with Florence having these memories like you're already fully aware that like something's not right and you just don't know what it is and I agree that they kind of rushed the second half like Florence like she lost her memory they like electrocuted her to like for her to forget everything Thing, and then she remembers again like 20 minutes later I don't know I'd be curious to see like as the one thing I know that people say in film it's like what they left on the cutting room floor like I would be interested to see how much more was filmed of like Florence and Harry and I believe they're in like New York in their before life and any of the other couples in their before life and watching the men slowly fall into this like it would have been really interesting if it had started chronologically with like Harry begging Florence to go to this town and seeing it and seeing him because like I think people are with him getting promoted they're like oh well he knows what Frank's doing and 
the thing is, he does know and he does, and everyone completely is gaslighting certain participants because not everyone does know where this is. And typically it is, other than Bunny, Olivia Wilde's character, you're not really sure who knows what and like where that all falls. It's pretty much alluded to that like the wives don't know that they're in this. So it's the thing of like, again, men controlling women, men having to control women to be in the utopia that they desire and that they think their wives desire, taking back control of this biological bullshit. And it's crazy and I think like even going back to like my Love Island recap and case study it shows a lot of the things of like trying to figure out how to figure out modern day gender dynamics and what our roles are and what is fulfilling to us and what we've been taught versus what we need to learn and unlearn and I think this movie really tries to do that and I think had the potential especially if we could have seen those scenes that had Margaret in it more to do so but it didn't give us the chance so for what we got I think if you have any curiosity I think it's a perfectly average movie to go see like I wasn't as vastly disappointed as the two Debras who reviews I read or the person who paid five dollars but I also don't think like I think I've seen much worse and I think when it hit streaming I would watch it I liked it enough I like the people enough I like the clothing enough and the acting I would watch it again probably not in theaters but on streaming I also want to just throw in a quick little PSA as I wrap this up to not go see the new movie Amsterdam while it's in theaters there are accusations of from director David O. Russell that you can google yourself of some inappropriate behavior I believe with a younger family member and it's unfortunate how star said at the cast is that he's still in Hollywood that male directors get to still work in Hollywood and we don't have to interview or question or he doesn't have to talk but Olivia Wilde god forbid had like a little crush on Harry Styles and now has to completely like be gone not to her press store but again it's an example of how misogyny still reigns in society and until we make a change and get out of it it's what we are I personally would rank this movie okay this isn't my ranking of like how good if I'm ranking it like how objectively good I think this movie is I'd probably give it like a 2.8 to like a 3.2 if we're giving my completely subjective like J rating I can't give it less than like a 3.8 because again Harry Styles is in this movie but I like can't give it a 5 because like there are better movies and I'm just like so excited that Harry is bulking up for his like future roles in the MCU but like it's hard for me not to like rate this movie well because of like it's like it's like I like all the elements but like the final project isn't great like I love the actor I love the set I love the cost I love the concept even though like I've been saying it's one that's like we've heard a lot before I still like it I just think like like I wanted a little more like I wanted them to turn up not not the literal spice but I wanted them to turn it up a little bit more and like push those things but again Olivia Wilde being a second time female director might have not gotten the approval to push things and as much as we do want to be like director like you're the director you're the thing but like I think producers have a lot of power I mean she was also a producer but it's also like I'm assuming and like I could be wrong final decisions do come to studio heads and focus audiences and all these things of like what's gonna actually go to the public so as much as like people want to blame I don't know maybe I completely am wrong and it is all on her but I think if anything we can see that this weekend I believe also I don't know if it was opening weekend but um, the Woman King also came out, I think this weekend, and it made a ton more money, which was also a woman-led film. And not only that, I think an exclusively, if not dominantly, black cast starring Viola Davis was out this weekend. So I think, do you have to see both movies? No, I'm not saying that. If you're going to see one, I recommend you go seeing The Woman King. I also do think, though, we have to acknowledge that even as for all of the critiques we have about Olivia, by tearing, by overly extreme tearing her down, we are not 
looking for, in my opinion, we're not looking at the full scope of women getting these higher positions, getting these opportunities. Because if we take, I'm not saying if we take away her spot because she deserves or is entitled to a spot, but like Olivia's broken through a barrier that's very hard for women to break through. And if we like take away her seat, it's like musical chairs. It's not like someone can replace her, but like they just take away that seat for a female director. So I think we need to be mindful of how we play this. But yeah, I hope this episode is not too short, too rambly. I hope you feel all caught up on all of the internet drama surrounding this movie and the movie itself and tell me what you guys think. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of In Omnia Paradis. Don't forget to rate, download, and follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow, so head on over to at In Omnia Pod and let us know what you want to hear next. Bye, darlings.